0: everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, joined by my good friend, the one and only, the great Johnny Shot, John, good to be with you. Uh, let's dig right into it. Hall of Fame weekend, football's back. I want to talk about the ancillary part of the game, the lights, the showers not working later. But now I want to get into the class. Now, you and I have had this conversation before. My rule of thumb on a Hall of Famer is this. If you look the first time he's available and say, that's a Hall of Famer, that guy's a Hall of Famer. If you've got to sit there and go over stats and, and think about it for 12 years or four years, I start to get really nervous. Now, I understand in my system, there's going to be probably some very deserving guys that get kept out. I get that and I understand it. But to me, it is such an elite group It should be that way. It should be very difficult to get in. Now, let's talk about some of the names. There was eight guys that got in. Joe Thomas, to me, he was a first ballot, should have been there. I have no issues with him. Next, Zach Thomas, linebacker. I got no issues with him. I watched him play a long time. His ability to think, the way he changed games – He's one of those guys There were bigger guys, faster guys, stronger guys. He changed the game with his mind. And to me, that was a no-brainer. DeMarcus Ware, same thing. That was a guy that just changed games. And Darrell Rivas. Now, I don't have an issue with those four. And there's a couple other ones. For example, Ken Riley gets in, um, who is a a player from before. I don't have any comment on him. Joe Klecko. Um, I love Joe Klecko. I just loved him. Mark Gastineau. But I didn't know, I, I didn't. I wasn't sure that's a guy. I mean, I loved him growing up. I loved watching him. But to me, it wasn't like, oh, Joe Klecko, that's a no-brainer. Um, Chuck Howley, no opinion there whatsoever. Again, I don't feel like I can comment. But Rondé Barber, I thought he was a good player, good guy. But, again, I just didn't see the, oh, for sure. I mean, Tom Brady, everyone knows Tom Brady belongs. Peyton Manning, everyone knows Peyton Manning belongs in there. They're just guys that you know. And I understand it keeps some people out um, who maybe should be in there. Like I'll give you another one. Cliff Branch. I can't believe that guy. I, I mean, took long enough. You know, but that guy to me was a no-brainer. Give me your thoughts on, am I too strict? Do you disagree? We'll, give me
1: some thoughts Your Hall of Fame weekend. Well, I want to start with the coach, Don Coryell. That's a no-brainer. 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 It's about time he gets there. Um, I want to break down and talk about a lot of the stuff you said because I think your standard fits the present day and Hall of Fame or Pro Football Hall of Fame eligibility or elections. It doesn't necessarily fit the old era, which doesn't matter, but it's past. But I'll give you, of course, Mm -hmm. Peter King's number one example, Art Monk. It took Art Monk a very long time. It took a long time for the guys that sit in that room to understand how important he was to such a high level of success in Washington. You can call me biased, but he's probably the best example of this. Um, That era has passed. So now we have a more straight shot, I think, like you're talking about. I'd like to go down these 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 names. I understand the Joe Thomas argument. That's fine. Great career. Didn't win anything. Didn't play for anything. So is he a Hall of Famer? Sure, it's an individual award. Mm-hmm. Some people see this stuff as a business. Some see it as a passion, playing for the history books. I don't know what Joe Thomas did or why he did it. I hope he had a great time. He deserves the Hall of Fame, but it's not that there's an asterisk on that. But it's it's kind of a little bit of an emptier feeling because he just was stuck in such a bad spot for so long, never really cared enough to to jolt out of there. That's fine. It doesn't taint his candidacy. It just look, like, well, look at look at um you know look at Archie Manning. Yeah, same kind of stuff. I mean, no
0: brainer. No brainer.
1: Yeah. Now Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas is nowhere near a Hall of Famer without Nick Saban. Zach Thomas would tell you that. He said that a million times. I don't think Zach Thomas is a Hall of Famer by the standard that I would keep. You mean without Jimmy Johnson? Yeah, Jimmy Johnson obviously played for him as well. It's not a knock on Zach Thomas. Again, I just don't know what he really played for. And was he the best at his sport? I recognize what you're saying as far as an overachievement out of this park as far as football IQ with what's going on at every single position around me on the field. No doubt. I don't know that that's a hall of famer. I wouldn't say a hard, no, I'd have to look at it hard. That would be a guy like art Monk that I would probably need to be convinced of. So, you know, wait,
0: no, let me just stop right there. Cause in my system, if I'm you and I got to be convinced I'm not bold for Zach in my system, uh, I very aware of his career it's an automatic yes. See that's why I think if
1: you've got to convince people yep. don't do it. Now, I do think DeMarcus Ware is a Hall of Famer. I don't have much question about that. Athletically dominant, etc. Darrell Revis, yes, because he was the best player at his position. But and I want to keep this in mind with cornerbacks, we may be seeing it in real time with Jalen Ramsey. We may have seen it with Le'Veon Bell at another position. There are some guys that appear to get to the very top of the sport. They're the best at it, the position. They seem to look around and know they are. And then they start to kind of back off. Let's keep that in mind because I don't want to pick on Curtis Martin, but the Hall of Fame kind of changed for me when Curtis Martin got in. Because I don't think Curtis Martin's a Hall of Famer. I think he was a really good player. I understand what Parcell said, but a Hall of Famer. So since then, for me, honestly, it's gotten a little watered down. And I'm not trying to pick on Curtis Martin. It's just for me when that thing changed. And look, we love the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I got family in that area. This is the kickoff weekend really for the sport. I used to set my clock to watch all of the induction speeches. Uh, They've kind of changed. And as they've watered down, I still watch them, but it's not like appointment tv so we love this stuff ronde barber i do not think is a hall of famer i don't think it's even close unless we're just going to let a whole bunch of folks in that played for a really long time tremendous player and he's from my home state if you want to call bias here's bias against i don't see it uh i am fine with chuck howley and joe clicko ken riley but don Coryell to me is the leader of this class not just Joe Gibbs. This guy had a massive impact. We've talked about him before on this show. We'll talk about him again. But the current situation with the Hall of Fame is not what it was even five, ten years ago. Um, your friend, the Goose, down there in Dallas will tell you. Goose guys will tell you quite about it. I heard him talk about it on the radio uh, a couple of years back when there was a big change. So we've entered a new era in the Hall of Fame. I don't want to knock Curtis Martin I don't want to knock some of the other guys that are a little iffy, but it feels to me like we're getting more iffy guys in and we don't necessarily have to look ahead, but there are some absolute no brainers coming around the corner. So some of it, some people are wondering if it's gotten a little more lenient during these years, because there are years coming up where it's going to be packed unless they change how many guys they can take in.
0: You know, here's the thing. I want it to be so elite that you're arguing and fighting over guys that didn't get in, yeah. not arguing and fighting over guys who did.
1: Well, you're talking just like Chris Carter, and Chris Carter has said that for years. And that's why I'm mentioning his name, because he was talking about this eight, ten years ago. I'm worried that that's where we are. Are you mm-hmm. sure that Curtis Martin is a Hall of Famer, for example? Are we absolutely sure that Rondé Barber is a Hall of Famer. I was just finishing the quarterback show on Netflix, which is good for a couple of reasons. It's long, but you're going to see a lot of stuff pre-snap that helps, and you are going to marvel at just how good a professional football coach Andy Reid is. You want to talk about a no-brainer Hall of Famer? It's unreal how good this guy is. Um, But when I was watching that, it – Sets in your head just the difference between somebody that's named to a Pro Bowl and somebody that's all pro, just how much more elite you are to be all pro, best at your position. Period. Was Ronde Barber an all pro half a dozen times? I don't know. It's hard for me to understand where there's a no brainer argument for some of the guys that are in there. I don't want it to sound ridiculous but I'm going to grab on the coattails of Chris Carter and we're going to hang on and say, Hey, are these guys really clearly no brainers? And if there's any no brainers that are left out there that are not in yet, you better pull them in right now because what's coming down the pipe with big names, Brady, Watt, etc. cetera, there's not going to be a lot of room there. It is fascinating I do hope that they hold the, the standard as high standard as they can, 10? but I get the impression that more people are trying to make more room for guys that maybe were really, really, really good, but not quite Hall of Fame.
0: You know, I've heard people make arguments, well, this guy should be in. He was a really good guy. He was good to the media. No, it doesn't matter if you're good to the media or bad to the media. It, it should matter what did you do on the football field. And it's an, you know, I'll give you a a classic example. People want to argue about should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame. Now, I have a couple different opinions on it, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, he was the best of all time. But what he did was against the game of baseball. So even if I think he should be in the Hall, and I do, by the way, just based on the deal that he made with uh, the commissioner and how that changed, and I and I think he should be in there for what he did on, with baseball. I can at least see an argument against it because of, um, uh, you know, it was a something against the game. But to me, it's just it needs to be so elite, and I've never done anything in my life worthy of Hall of Fame status. Other than failing. But my point is, is that I just think Hall of Fames are meant to be just, you know, you know. I remember a few years ago, there were people saying we should put Pat Tillman in. Well, Pat Tillman deserves to be in a Hall of Fame for American heroes. He's an American hero and deserves to be in a Hall of Fame of American heroes. And though he was a good football player, he wasn't a Hall of Fame football player. Do you see where I'm going here or do you think I'm?
1: No, I think you're right there. And you've opened up a terrific can Um, for the pro football hall of fame. It's probably something they should reconsider and maybe reconsider the words to really narrow down. This is about production and performance on the field. Mm -hmm. Now, the the point you made about Pete Rose is endlessly fascinating. And I would just like to say this about it because it's been so successful. The penalty of Pete Rose from Bartlett Giamatti was that you will never get in the Hall of Fame while you are alive. And to their credit, they're sticking with that. Pete Rose is going to leave the planet, not going to be in the Hall of Fame. After he's gone, absolutely going in because his performance on the field before day one of any gambling issue, before day one of any lying issue or covering up without any question. The hit king is the hit king. So what we see there is actually, I think, an extremely effective punishment. But it doesn't have to do anything to to diminish the standard. We have some bad folks in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We must have a whole lot of stuff we don't know about them that's not so good. We have guys in the Hall of Fame we find out years later do bad stuff. Are they going to get penalized for for that after? No. This has to be about on-field performance. I do think you need to consider a little bit of of who they're playing against. It's not to take anything away from Joe Thomas, but if another offensive lineman comes along, I don't know. Let's just pick Joe Adams, for example. He's going to have a pro football hall of fame candidacy. He played for a lot more on a bigger stage than Joe Thomas. How do you negotiate what he's playing for versus Joe Thomas kicking people up and down the field when his team's out of the playoffs before mid-November and the other the other guys they're going against are maybe not all the way in maybe they're rotating guys around they're not um they're not necessarily putting it all out there on the line I'm not taking anything away from Joe Thomas he's in the Hall of Fame but as a voter and an evaluator there is somewhat of an evaluation of what you're playing for and what stage you are at the same time We don't want to overstate somebody's candidacy like we may be seeing with some Cowboys, like we may see with some Steelers because they played for so much. So there's a lot to do. There's a lot to negotiate. I do think the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I understand there's people in that room who want to refine the criteria a little bit. They got some tough jobs. There's always going to be a little turnover in there. Maybe there needs to be more. I don't know. But there's enough to consider right now Are we watering this down at all? And I don't get the impression that the Pro Football Hall of Fame is all about business. I get the impression that they care about the busts inside of that building. And they want there to be a standard. So there have to be people pushing back to keep that standard as high as they can. And there's a lot that goes into it. Every year. Now, I hear this argument about... Well, there are too
0: many Raiders. We can't put guys in there. If guys deserve to be in there, put them in there. It shouldn't be about, you know, all right, so you're from a crappy franchise. All right. Well, you shouldn't get in because you're the best player in a crappy franchise. You should get in because you deserve to be in, Joe Thomas. But on the other hand, you don't keep guys out because they're on a team that was good and yeah. there was a lot of good players in there. It's just a fascinating discussion with me. But we, I think we both can agree, whether we agree or not, congratulations to Rondé. He's one of the good guys around the game he's a good person so we wish him nothing but the best in all of these guys now I want to get to the Hall of Fame game as you know I'm from Michigan it was a big deal to make the trip down to Canton to go to the Hall of Fame or to go to the Hall of Fame game I've been there for that game it's a high school stadium now you have to understand Canton and um Akron. oh I just had the name. Maslin. I mean, there's big rivalry there oh, yeah. and it's, it's a great, it, they've made it into a pro stadium for this one game a year, but it's great for, for Ohio football and Ohio has quite frankly, some of the best high school football in the world. Obviously Texas is in there, Georgia, Louisiana, California, but I mean, Ohio's one of the best and the lights go out. Um, the, the showers didn't work afterwards. Now, this annoys everybody. Okay. And I get that. I understand it. I've been there and I get it. But to me, that's part of the charm of this game. You're going back and yeah, it's a high school stadium on steroids, but you're going back and playing in a high school stadium. The team names aren't in there, just the pro football hall of fame in the end zones. You're, you're literally, it's right there in the middle of Canton. I, should have been working you and I both know it should have been but to me that's kind of the appeal of this it's back to if it was football at its roots they'd be playing with no stands but it's as close as you're going to get for an NFL game it's kind of like a few years ago when they played a baseball game on the field of dreams in Iowa I'm sorry John to me it's part of the charm I like it I bet we disagree
1: no I'm biased here uh my dad and his family are from The Canton area. Maslin Canton, we know real well. Uh, I've got family members that played in that. Their houses are littered with it. Uh, If you're really paying attention to this, you've probably heard me mention in the past that I had relatives that played for Paul Brown when he changed the game right there. So I'm biased. I love it. Uh, This is a growing and massive project growing the Pro Football Hall of Fame Village. It's been going on for a long time. There's still a long time to go. They're hitting kinks here and there. We remember when they had to cancel the game because of the field. We've changed lights. We're doing a whole bunch of things to make this into a destination, a football destination. And yeah, hit some speed bumps there. The cold shower thing is rough. Um, The lights going out, also rough. It's funny because I was talking to somebody before the game and explaining to them how things are a little bit spartan and rough there at times that teams have purposely limited the amount of time they would spend actually in Canton for the game to try to take out all of these wide variables with hotels. And I mean, you can name it, the logistical hiccups. So it's unfortunate to see a logistical hiccup. But yeah, this is a reminder of um, the roots of the game, the home of the Hall of Fame, and the charm of it. You're right. So um, this is not Augusta National yet. But the idea the idea, something like that, where you come back every year, it's homecoming for the pro football. It's and I'm going to tell you, John,
0: you go back year after year, it's the same volunteers. It's yep. the same volunteers, kids. Yeah. I mean, the whole area embraces the game. It's where the game I'll, – I'll give you an example. I'm from Michigan. And the Lions are always on on Thanksgiving. Now, as a, as, a, as a guy that grew up a Lion fan, it's a blessing because you usually are nauseous and it helps you digest dinner. But or, the big laugh is, is how many times are the Lions out of it before dinner starts? But I've said before, the Thanksgiving games should be for the elite teams. They should be able to flex those games um, I don't think the Lions should just have it because they've always been there. But to me, this is one of those things. I mean, the whole city, I think everybody in the city. Now, obviously, I'm being yeah. speaking in hyperbole. But I think everybody in the city um, volunteers. Mm-hmm. And their grandkids are now volunteering. Hey, my grandma and grandpa used to volunteer. And I just think it it, it keeps it. It's as much of a pro game as it can be and still feel like a high school game. And I'm, I'm just – I love it. To me, yeah. I think it's a great game. I know coaches love it because they get an extra preseason game. So – and players like they being able to put – not the stars, but the players like to put the extra tape out there. And let's be honest. All of America – I don't even know what the ratings were. Tunes in. Because it's kind of like, okay, take a deep breath. Football season is officially back now.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Look, this is a little bit like the Masters in that this event, the economic impact of this event is huge. It is the big community event every year. They talk about it all year. They work on it all year. There's facilities and things in Ken that probably would never be there, but they're used this one week or it's a little more than a week now, a year. There's plenty more to love about it. And yeah, I mean, listen, it's much more like a pro stadium today. I remember driving up 77 and, you know, it's it's the home of the Maslin Tigers. And then there's the pro football of Fame game there, too. It's like, really? And it's crazy. And if you go up there and if you're in the the, the Cleveland area or that part of Ohio, it's definitely worth checking out. It's like, wow, it, it does have a little bit of field of dreams to it. So it's a positive. Uh, and I Hall. do
0: recommend everyone one time in their life, go to a Canton McKinley Maslin game. Just well, one time.
1: Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, again, I'm biased, but it's it's the best high school rivalry in the country. I'm biased. But I, te- I
0: bias tell everybody, me. in high school, you want to go to a Kent McKinley-Maslin game. In college, you, I, I, there's a few rivalry games. I love the Apple Cup, Washington-Washington State, Alabama-Auburn. I mean, that's just a big one. The Red River rivalry with Texas-Texas and in Oklahoma and Michigan State, excuse me, Michigan, Ohio State. Those are the big ones. And in the NFL, I mean, you want to go to a Raiders, Chiefs, a Bears, um, you know, a Bears taking on a Packers, Cowboys, uh, Eagles, Steelers, Cowboys. I mean, there's so many great rivalry games. It's one of the best ones. All right, John, boy, we did a whole episode on the Hall of Fame. Can you believe it?
1: I can. We'll probably do the same thing next year. It's great. It's kicked off. It's homecoming for pro football. We're going to enjoy the Hall of Fame ceremonies. Everyone's going to get pats on the back, tell old stories, celebrate Canton, and then we'll get I into... Hope
0: next year, I hope next year the Hall of Fame like has issues with their popcorn makers and they ask all the families around the stadium to make
1: popcorn at home and bring it because that's just so that game. They're, they're, I mean, it sounds hokey, but there is that much community support for that event. They love it. They, they love, love it. The sport. All right, he's they the one. The home base.
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I said they love it. They love the sport and they love being the home base of pro football.
0: I do. T- you know, I tell people this all the time. That area of the country is a lot like St. Louis for baseball. Yep. They they get it. They understand it. All right, he's the one and only, the great Johnny Shot. I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast part of the Fans First Sports Network. John's, make sure you check out John's podcast, Spartan Pride podcast. We'll see you all later. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider Production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa.